Welcome to Health Law Expressions podcast, the next episode of the Kickback Chronicles. I am Henry Cassell. And I'm Hala Mazoffer. And we want to talk to you about a recent case that we came across that we find is of particular interest. Uh, the healthcare billing system is built on trust. The government trusts that providers will code and document exactly what they did and then code uh, appropriately in order to obtain payment for the services they provided. There's nothing wrong with obtaining the maximum amount of payment to which a provider is entitled based on the services actually provided. But you have to complete that sentence and make sure it's for the services actually provided. The uh, providers, on the other hand, then trust the government and other payers to pay them uh, in accordance with whatever agreement they may have for the services they provided. Anytime you're dealing with the government as a payer and a provider abuses that trust, they can expect serious and dire consequences. Hala, why don't you explain what happened, one a recent example of that and what they did and what the consequences were? Yeah, so in this particular case, we focus on three former employees, Gregory Hearns, Lilani Egans, and Tina Lynn St. Julian. However, the scheme is much larger than just the three of them. So all three were employed at a Long Beach, California-based nonprofit called Atlantic Recovery Services. We'll just call them ARS. It was later renamed it to Health Services. Gregory Hearns was the billing supervisor for ARS, and he compiled the monthly billing and arranged for its submission to Medi-Cal. Uh, Lilani Egans was a manager, and she supervised substance abuse recovery counselors at approximately three sites. Um, and then Tina Lynn St. Julian was a counselor at ARS. So this company provided substance use disorder treatment services to local students at high schools and middle schools through the Medi-Cal and its drug Medi-Cal program. So Medi-Cal is California's state Medicaid program, and then Drug Medi-Cal is a treatment funding source for California Medicaid patients. In order for Drug Medi-Cal to pay for covered services, California Medicaid members have to receive substance use disorders at a drug Medi-Cal certified program, which ARS was. To be certified, treatment facilities have a slew of requirements they have to meet, including the types of services they provide, the type of counseling they provide, and even the focus of the counseling. And for each of those services, there are very strict requirements. So for instance, group therapy had to be a minimum of four people or a maximum of 10 people, and counseling sessions have to be 90 minutes. So what happened here is in March 2009, Drug Medi-Cal ordered ARS to repay an overpayment, which caused a significant amount of financial pressure on the company and the CEO. Henry, why don't you tell them what an overpayment is? Thank you, Hala. And first of all, if you've seen, I learned many, many years ago, if you've seen one medical assistance program, you've seen one medical assistance program. Because Medi-Cal provides this service to beneficiaries of the Medi-Cal program does not mean that other states have the same program or the same requirements. But in California, the Medi-Cal program does have these requirements and they audit from time to time. And they audit, uh, they apparently audited ARS and determined that ARS owed them back money. In other words, they were paid more than the services were uh, 
either they were paid for services not rendered, or there was some question as to whether ARS had billed the Medi-Cal program in accordance with its rules. So the first remedy that the state will impose is an overpayment, where they will go to a company like ARS and say, look, you were supposed to pay us X, we paid you Y, Y is greater than X, and therefore you have to pay us back the difference, in other, and that it constitutes an overpayment. So ARS, which is the entity that billed the program, had to come up with the difference between what they billed and what the government said they should have billed and pay that money back to the government. And it's important to keep in mind throughout the recitation of the facts that Hala is going to discuss that ARS is the entity that submitted the bill. However, the individual, the, the ARS was not the subject of this criminal action that we're going to talk about. The, uh, rather, they focused on the individuals who caused ARS to submit the bill. But because ARS had to make an overpayment, which means they had to come up with money out of their pocket and pay it back to the government, that created a certain financial strain for ARS. And, and what? how did the uh, manager and the, especially the CEO of of ARS react to the fact that they now had a significant cash flow crunch because of the money they had to pay back to the government due to the overpayment. Yeah, so like Henry said, when you have to make a repayment, not a lot of nonprofits have millions of dollars on hand to make that payment right away. So there was a lot of financial, they were, the CEO was nervous. So in turn, he passed along this financial pressure to his employees and threatened them that they would lose their jobs or have their hours reduced to part-time if they didn't generate significant billings. So in response to the threats, the employees generated false and fraudulent claims for submission to the drug Medi-Cal program that resulted in this massive case. We hope not many. <laughs> we hope not many. So the employees were doing things like enrolling students that just indicated they occasionally used drugs or alcohol in a substance abuse program, which didn't meet the requirements. So they would exaggerate on the documentation. They would also collect student signatures on sign-in sheets for group counseling sessions that ne they never attended. They would record attendance at group counseling sessions to make it look like they were complying with the Medi-Cal requirement of four to ten people, but in reality, all the students were attending one massive group counseling session. They would forge student signatures on sign-in sheets to support the claims. They even prepared fake progress notes, and they weren't good at it. So what, uh, one example is they found that they had copy and pasted quotes and progress notes on various students' notes, so it looked like they had said the same exact things on different days. Um, and then they would bill for two crisis interventions per student per month. Uh, so in a crisis intervention was essentially saying this student was on the dire edge of relapsing. So every student twice a month. Uh, and then during this four-year period that ended in March 2013, ARS had submitted false and fraudulent claims of just over $18.5 million, and Drug Medi-Cal had paid approximately $17.6 million on those claims. The facility, not surprisingly, was shut down in April 2013 following a suspension in those payments. So what the government found was that over a course of four years, Mm -hmm. uh, they submitted $18.5 million in claims for the services that were that you described, 
Yeah. Which totaled an amount of $17,635,100 in reimbursement. The problem is they weren't entitled to that amount. They may have been entitled to something, but they certainly were not entitled to that amount because they didn't perform the services that would have justified the payment of that amount. Correct. What's unfortunate is that this went on for so many years. And the fact that it went on for four, for uh, what, approximately four years, four years, did not, however, stop the government from enforcing the fraud laws once they discovered it. And once this, uh, once they were made aware of what was going on, Halo, what happened? So in this most recent case, Gregory Hearns was found guilty of one count of healthcare fraud, and he was acquitted on 10 others in connection with submitting fraudulent claims for both individual and group counseling sessions. Alani Egan's was found guilty of three counts of healthcare fraud, uh, Tina Lynn St. Julian was found guilty of four counts. But and these were the results of a jury trial that ended in May of 2022, correct? A 12-day jury trial where they tried to proclaim their innocence. But these weren't the only three people that went down for the scheme. As of today, a total of 19 people have been convicted of federal criminal charges in connection with this scheme including the former program man manager, the former medical slash clinical director, multiple other former managers and counselors, and the former president and CEO who actually pled guilty to one count of healthcare fraud last year. And on that one count, he was sentenced to seven years in federal prison. And he was the lucky guy that got ordered to repay the $17.6 million in restitution. Yeah, as we discussed in our first episode, uh, the government loves to throw in that restitution cut, they, right? They want their money back, that's for sure. And, and, and see, they went after him individually for that money, even though the corporation was the entity that submitted the bills and was actually paid. Mm -hmm. So what, what we have here is we have a program that was very well-meaning that the Medi-Cal uh, department established to help teens with drug addiction problems. And... Uh, that's a laudable goal, and believe me, not a lot of medical assistance programs provide that type of assistance. You also have individuals who abuse that system. And not only did they um, bill the government for millions of dollars for services that were not uh, provided, they also, as you described, they forged forms, they uh, did a number of things. But the worst thing that they did, in my opinion, is they took a very well-meaning program that the state has created and now they have created doubt in the minds of the state regulators as to whether other programs who provide that service are doing the same thing and this is something we've seen where the government finds an organization like this mm -hmm. and they begin to wonder well what else is out there and all of a sudden they begin to audit and, and um, investigate other programs that are complying with the law. And so what do these programs have to do? They have to in incur the costs of hiring lawyers, talking, uh, going through the audit process, showing that they were entitled to the reimbursement that they claimed, all because of one bad apple. And so it's really important to keep in mind the effect of something like this on law-abiding providers. 
the other thing that's interesting, again, is the fact that the, while the organization, ARS, submitted the bill, the government went criminally after the individuals who they believe were the cause of these unlawful and um, fraudulent claims that were submitted to the Medi-Cal program. Now, they described ARS as a nonprofit. Yeah. Right? They never said whether it was tax exempt and you could be a nonprofit under state law and yet not qualify for federal tax exemption under Section 501c3 of the tax code. But if they were exempt under 501c3 of the tax code, the IRS for many years have take, has taken the position that if you are an organization and you are either convicted of fraud or fraud goes on within that organization, the organization, the IRS has the authority to revoke your tax exemption. Here, that wasn't an issue because this facility, ARS, shut down in 2013 once the payments were suspended. And so revoking their tax exemption was, a mo was moot. Mm -hmm. But for organizations that like, for instance, a hospital that has a tax exemption and values that tax exemption, you have to realize that if you were to face similar allegations and you were to say, hey, we did nothing like these people, we think that the government is overreaching and making us pay for the sins of others, that we are going to fight this. You have to recognize that in addition to whatever um, repayment obligation they may have, the government could look at the individuals involved criminally and the IRS could also look at the organization's tax exemption if there is any finding of liability. We don't think, and we hope, at least we hope, that there wouldn't be a similar finding of liability, but the fact that 19 people were criminally uh, sentenced over this uh, situation makes you really worried that this might be on more widespread than this one, one institution, and if that creates that doubt in our mind, you can believe that in the minds of the Medi-Cal enforcers, they also question what else is going on. And so people who provide this service, even if you do it according to Hoyle and you cross every T and dot every I, you need to recognize that because of situations like this, you're now in the government's crosshairs. Thank you very much for your attention, Hela. Thank you very much for uh, your participation. And we uh, hope that you continue to listen into future episodes of the Kickback Chronicles. Thank you.